Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, and today Hummer and I recorded a special episode to celebrate the arrival of our first 2022 Cincinnati Bearcats basketball recruit. Welcome to Cincinnati, Sage Tolentino out of Hamilton High School. Sage is a seven-foot center, high three-star recruit, who previously committed to Auburn, decided to reopen his recruitment, take a look at his options, meet with the West Miller staff, and decided that the best course of action for him going forward would be to keep his talents in the Southwest Ohio area and play for the University of Cincinnati starting in 2022. Now, anytime we get a new basketball recruit, Hummer and I love diving into their game, learning more about their competition, the league they play in, their coaching, uh, strengths, weaknesses, areas for improvement. And, and we go all into that with Michael Roth, senior scout from Prep Hoops Ohio. He is someone who has personally seen over 100 different teams play in the last 12 months. And when you consider what the last 12 months have looked like, that's incredibly impressive. He has also personally seen Sage Tolentino play four times and can really offer personal insights into what he saw on the court, including anecdotes about you know matchups against Lakota West and what he noticed when being guarded by smaller defenders. This introduction is already far too long, so let's get into it. Without further ado, Senior Scout from Prep Hoops, Ohio, Michael Roth. We are now joined by Michael Roth, Senior Scout at Prep Hoops, Ohio. Michael, thank you for joining the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to talk about uh, one of the tallest Ohio prospects I've had the pleasure of covering since uh, I've been doing this. Yes, we're excited to chat with you today about the newest Bearcat recruit, Wes Miller's first 2022 recruit, um, Sage Tolentino out of Hamilton high school has officially decided to play basketball at the university of Cincinnati after originally committing to Auburn. Um, before we get into talking about Sage Tolentino, his skill set, everything he's doing at the high school level. Um, can you share a little bit about your experience in the industry, how you got started in, in scouting and what you're doing for prep hoops, Ohio? Yeah. So I have been, uh, scouting high school basketball for about three to four years now. Was doing it on my own um, for two years, pretty seriously, and then I uh, was offered a position at Prep Hoops Ohio. So I've been covering high school basketball in the state of Ohio since um, September of 2024. Prep Hoops Ohio, and with Prep Hoops Ohio, I try to see every a scholarship level basketball player in the state. Um, so I go out, I saw over a hundred high schools in the state of Ohio last season in the regular season and playoffs. And then I travel to different grassroots basketball events. Uh, I see teams like all Ohio red Midwest basketball club, uh, Nova and uh, every team in between that has uh, prospects from the state of Ohio. Um, so I, uh, I'm very well informed in the Ohio high school basketball scene, um, and, uh, have a great touch on the pulse of, uh, the Ohio recruits and, um, 
watching their games. I'm actually currently watching all of how red right now on live stream as we record this. <laughs> very nice. Very nice, sir. Well, Michael, maybe you can go ahead and just start off by giving us kind of an overview of Sage. Uh, if you know a little bit about his story, you can start there. Otherwise, from a basketball standpoint, that will, that will do as well. Yeah, so Sage played his freshman and sophomore year in Hawaii, um, which I believe is where he grew up. And then um, after his sophomore year, transferred to uh, Hamilton High School in Cincinnati, uh, played there his junior year. Um, that was the COVID year where um, like no colleges can be on the road. Um, it was very bizarre high school basketball season. Some, uh, some weeks you're playing four games in one week, other weeks you wouldn't play for two weeks because a player tested positive. Um, so Sage came in, he was uh, really looking for increased competition level. Um, I believe they won the state title in Hawaii um, his sophomore year. Uh, and he came in uh, alongside EJ Kahehe, um, who was also playing in Hawaii. They both transferred to Hamilton, and it was a bit of an up-and-down junior season um, for Sage. Um, I'm pulling up his uh, stats from the GMC last year. Um, Sage, uh, let me see. He was playing, like, some games uh, and then not playing others, coming off the bench occasionally at the start of the year. Um, average 9.8 points per game. Um, only about four rebounds per game, according to the GMC website, which is usually very accurate. Um, so I don't think that number's off, but he did have almost three blocks a game. Um, that's something that I'm sure Cincinnati fans are very intrigued by um, because uh, with his size, he is one of the uh, best rim protectors in the state of Ohio. So when you when you go online and you kind of look at his highlights and and i have to always keep in mind that these youtube clips are, are just that they are highlight videos accentuating their their strengths and not necessarily showing you their weaknesses but he does seem to be quite skilled for a seven footer um, but also very slight of frame but this is, is this someone who can consistently stretch the floor from three does he have any sort of face-up game in terms of you know going off the dribble how would you describe his offensive skill set at this point um, I would say he is a dude who will make you pay from the outside if you leave him wide open and give him time and space. Um, but at this stage of his development, I think if you close out him even half-hearted, um, you're not really worried about him beating you with the three-point shot. Um, he's not a horrible shooter um, by any means, um, but I wouldn't call him like a stretch big guy where he's just going to be knocking down three pointers um, constantly for you. Maybe he adds that to his game either this year or once he gets on UC's campus. Um, but right now, probably a uh, not not like a center who you're going to be like, oh, we can go five out and he's just going to knock down shots from the corner all the time. Um, he has some skill to put the ball on the floor. Um, like you mentioned, super skinny will need to add some sort of weight and muscle. Um, but that is not uncommon with uh, very many seven footers that are his age. Um, it, it's very rare for you to see uh, somebody like even six foot nine and taller uh, have a college ready body. Um, those guys are few and far between and um, Sage right now will need to 
get bigger to play college basketball, compete in the post. Um, but like I mentioned, that that's something that a lot of young big guys face and sages every bit of seven foot, seven foot one. Um, so I don't think it's going to be too difficult for him to put on weight as long as uh, the UC strength and conditioning program uh, has him eating. I'm sure he's going to have to eat like three, 4,000 calories a day. It's going to be crazy. Um, but I, I definitely think he has a frame where he can put on weight. Um, that's just something he's going to have to do before he really is a regular contributor uh, at the division one college basketball level that he's committing to play for at UC. So Coomer, Coomer mentioned that to me in a text, uh, you know, that he's, you know, real skinny. I just sent him back two words, monster factory. Um, that's what they call our strength and conditioning program. It's it has to be one of the, one of the top, top in the country. So I have no doubt that, you know, by his sophomore, probably sophomore year going in junior, he's just going to be absolutely shredded and uh, on his way to an NBA ready body. One thing I've, uh, I, I'm, it never surprises me that you have to look at any sort of seven footer from high school as sort of a project, right? I'm always curious about more of the, the basketball skills because physically you've done so much growing at that point that you then have to kind of catch up from sometimes a coordination standpoint, sometimes just a physical strength standpoint. So at the college level, like Commerce said, with the Monster Factory, there's really no no doubts that that can and will happen. You got to see him play in person a few times. I think when you when you share his stats from high school, they don't jump off the page, right? That was his first year playing in Ohio, but nine points, four boards, and a league that maybe you can tell me more about, but I, I don't anticipate anticipate it being the strongest league in Ohio by any means. What jumped out to you in person? You know what? Was he is he better than the stats would say? Is are there explanations for why maybe he wasn't able to rebound at a high level uh, at this level of basketball? What can you share on that front? Yeah, so the the GMC is um, the premier public school league in Southwest Ohio. Um, definitely not like the best league in the state, but um, pretty much every team in that conference has um, scholarship level athletes on the basketball court. Uh, very. Uh, common for some of these schools to have some six, five, six, six sort of defensive ends who are going to be going maybe division one, division two in football, be the power forward and centers on their basketball team. That's kind of sort of how the GMC has played. Um, and at Hamilton, uh, the, their guards last year just weren't good enough to, um, compete for a conference title. Um, and that's always difficult as a high school big guy when, um, he was, I saw him, the one game I saw him at the high school level last year um, for Hamilton was against Lakota East and Hamilton lost 57 to 33. Um, and Lakota East really mostly defended him with like a six, two and six foot four kid. Um, and that's the problem with Sage's uh, like kind of core strength is that he was not able to seal those shorter defenders and get him on the block where he can catch the ball and just dunk on them. Um, and also every time he did catch the ball at the high post, he was getting double team. Um, so a little bit of a mix of not strong enough to dominate high school competition and also um, playing with teammates that aren't offensively talented enough to make you pay when you double team stage. Um, so while, yeah, those numbers aren't dominant like you would expect, um, I think they're going to be better this year. 
And uh, it, it wasn't exactly an easy situation for a big guy to produce numbers in, but it definitely is a fair critique of Sage that maybe he doesn't dominate as much as the natural talent should. Um, I also saw him for, he played one weekend at um, Fly Into the Hoop Top Gun with uh, some Canadian team that was headlined by Elijah Fisher. Um, and that team was like kind of the total opposite. That team had a lot of talent, um, but they had a bunch of like guards and wings that were looking to shoot the basketball and Sage was kind of demoted to a rim protection and kind of stand there on the three point line, um, stretch the floor when needed, but um, just wasn't getting the ball a lot. So yeah, I, I do think he could make some improvements in just putting up bigger pure scoring and rebounding numbers. Um, but uh, the, like the talent's all there for him to put it together. And I, I don't think, that either situation that I've really seen him in uh, has been ideal for him to dominate. So I, I want to follow up a little bit then on kind of how he would project out or, or maybe what you see in his future going to a, a program like Cincinnati, playing in the American Athletic Conference. It seems pretty clear at this point. I mean, we're going to see how he develops and, and what he's added for a senior season. Um, you know, that's something I even look forward to trying to get to a couple games in person myself what do you envision for his future, right? Like he's going to come into Cincinnati. It sounds, it seems like there is going to be a level of, of patience needed in terms of allowing him to, to develop and grow and, and, and kind of fill out a little bit, but what do you envision sort of as his ideal role or what type of player do you see him becoming uh, based on the raw skills you're seeing right now? Uh, I think he's mostly going to be a rim protector early on at college. Like uh, you mentioned, if he can put on weight, um, I think he can be a pretty special defensive player at the college level. Um, I, I have seen him uh, swat shots off the backboard, like brutally uh, against uh, different guards. Um, he, he is a force on the interior, on the defensive end. Um, now he can get, when he's playing against other legit big guys, they can post him up and get position because he isn't strong. Um, but when they go up, sometimes he's packing that shot um, and he can send it into the third or fourth row. So I think from day one, he's going to be a, a, an impact rim protector at the high major level of college basketball. Um, it, it just really depends on um, how well he's able to score um, inside the paint, because that's a part of his game that, like I mentioned, it all kind of comes down to his strength because um, he's not really able to get easy position where he can use those moves. What, based on what I've seen, he seems capable of making moves in the post. Um, but at this point, it's difficult for him to get the ball in the post in a position where he can show off um, maybe those skills he works on in the gym. Um, so I really think uh, it starts and ends with uh, developing physically. Can I ask a follow-up then on the defensive side of, uh, of things here? Um, the defensive side of the ball. So uh, how are his instincts? You know, what you're talking about swatting shots off the backboard into the stands. That sounds like someone who's got a feel for, for how to help, um, how to provide that sort of elite level rim protection. Does he have good defensive instincts? Um, so I think shot blocking um, at like most of the games I'm at, he's just so much bigger and more athletic. 
Um, he can be kind of a half second late and still block the shot. Uh, so I, I would like to see him uh, against more like, like uh, level athletes. Um, I know he was playing for uh, a team called the skill factory um, down in Georgia sometime this summer. And um, uh, he, he seemed like he was showing out for them against big guys who would be comparable to what he would see in college. Now he was playing down South. I wasn't able to watch him for that team. Um, so I would say if you're really looking to see uh, what level of rim protector he is, I would say that would be, or what level of defensive instincts he has. I say that would be the level of competition that you have to see. Um, because like if he blocks a six foot one guard from like Mason or Lakota West who um, is like not even getting to the rim on his shots. Like that, that's great, but also you're, you're not going to see many of those in the American athletic conference or in out of conference games. Um, so he definitely has good enough instincts where right now he is blocking shots at a high level. Um, I just haven't seen him enough against athletes that are going to challenge him to know how great his instincts are. Uh, and then on the perimeter, um, I think it's mostly a case of foot speed with him. Um, difficult for a 16, 17-year-old, seven-foot, seven-foot-one kid to be very quick on the perimeter. Um, he definitely does sometimes get beat when he is switched on to smaller guards, but um, that's nothing that surprises me when watching a seven-foot, 17-year-old. Um, that's just what you get from them, um, uh, unless you are like an NBA no-brainer level athlete you're probably going to get burned on some switches against guards when you're that big it's a lot easier to stay in front of dudes when you're six eight six nine i'm looking up the coach's name uh but his head coach at hamilton is kevin higgins and one thing i, I was reading justin williams of the athletics article about him the coach was speaking you know in in rave terms about Tolentino's ability to stretch the floor, floor, potentially even having like plus guard skills for a guy of this size. Is that a coach who's excited about maybe how he's projecting into the future or, or are those things that he showed flashes of this past season? Uh, I definitely think that the guard skills are there, um, but there, there's a big difference between being able to put the ball on the floor, um, maybe run in the open court um, and then also putting the ball on the floor in the half court and getting around people and actually using the ball handling that you have to score the basketball and make an impact or drive and kick. Um, and I don't think he's at that point yet um, where he shows flashes of, Oh, he gets the ball swung to the corner. The defender uh, closed out too hard. He puts the ball on the floor twice and then either goes up for a layup or dunks it. He can do that. Um, you're just not really going to run a pick and fade with him and then have him do like a sweep and go move with a crossover um, to beat a defender. Uh, I'm not sure if eventually he'll get to that point. Um, and then the shooting, uh, I'm not sure if that's just a coach hyping him up. I, I've seen him um, like three, four times in person. Um, and it, it's inconsistent, I would say. Um, and a lot of a lot of kids are a lot better shooters um, in empty gym situations than they are when the lights come on. Um, it's, it's difficult to make outside shots in games to, depending on how fast the speed of the game is and how, how much people are closing out on you. Um, 
So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sage makes a very high level of threes in practice. Um, just translating that to the five on five game is something that uh, many players, especially big guys who uh, I'm sure when he was like 13, 14, he wasn't taking many three pointers is probably something new. He had to do his game um, during his high school like days. So um, just putting all the skills that he shows flashes of to be more consistent. So I'm not asking you to compare him to, you know, a, a high level college player or even, or better based on his current 16 or 17 year old version of himself, but projecting into the future, assuming that the work ethic is there, the, the monster factory is building him out and, and Wes Miller, all the hype turns into actual very good, you know, winning culture at Cincinnati. Who would you compare him to? Like, what do you see Sage Tolentino turning into, or who's a good comp for him in terms of giving Bearcat fans an idea of, of what, what to expect from, from him in the future? Um, I think if you have a like really ideal um, sort of uh, weight or strength developing program um, where you can um, get him to really be um, a physical like athlete. I, I think he could, um, I'm not huge on one-to-one um, player um, comparisons. I'm trying to. No, no scout is, but I still love asking the question. It's the most fun thing to do. It, it's, we want to be able to say, all right, he's just like blank. You can give me a few names. And and I know, I, you know, it's not going to always be, you know, apples to apples or it's not always going to well, be the perfect comp, but let's I'm sure there's a couple names floating around your brain. Some sort of like, kind of like Nas Reed. Um, he's a dude who can block shots, kind of put it on the floor, has some perimeter game. I, I think that would be a more ideal offensive um, evolution would be a Nas Reed level player. And then um, I don't think he's ever going to be as quick twitch of an athlete as Nick Claxton is. Um, but I could see him turning into like sort of the rim runner and shot blocker that Nick Claxton is. I think that's probably a ideal level uh, defensive um, and like weight training um, comparison. I, I don't really love either of those. Um, but, um, I, I'm trying to look at NBA, just shot blocking leaders. Cause I think that's where, um, you're going to get the most pure comparison. And those were kind of the two names that I would throw out there, but I don't love either of those. Um, so yeah, I'd say some, I'd say Nasri is an ideal offensive like ceiling for him. And then, um, Nick Claxton would be if his defense really develops. Um, that would be the type of player that you're gonna hope he turns into. I like the sound of that, honestly. I mean, Claxton did some really good things with the Nets this past season. Um, he seems to be the type of profile you see from from seven footers these days. If you're not going to be, you know, the absolute apex predator that is like a Joel Embiid or someone like that at this point. Um, I. I think that seven footers and big men in general, it's so tough to evaluate them based on stats or based on kind of what you're seeing game in game out at the high school level, because, and you did a great job of describing it, but you get such a variance in terms of guard play. 
the the circumstances around a big man seem to be the biggest either they're enhancing them and, and allowing them to bring out everything they can do on the court or or they're holding them back in terms of not being able to get them the ball at the right time in the right place so offensively i think it's going to be a big tbd uh depending on what hamilton has coming back at the guard position this coming season but at UC, he's going to be playing with a much higher caliber of player around him at, at every guard and forward spot. Yeah, and he's also very different from a lot of the Ohio centers. Um, like on my website right now, Sage is seven foot, seven one. Um, and then the next four highest rated centers are six six, six seven, six seven, and six eight in the class of 2022. Now that doesn't count Sean Phillips because he was playing in Michigan last year. Um, so he's like six ten. Um, so he's another natural, um, like big center. And then you look at the 2023 rankings and it's six, nine, six, nine, six, eight, six, 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 eight, six, eight. Um, so he really is unique for an Ohio prospect. I'm not sure why, uh, the state of Ohio doesn't have like literally any seven footers, um, besides Sage, like nobody even six foot 11, I think, um, is on my website at all so um really is unique for the state of ohio i I know there are some parts of the country that uh you look at like aau programs and they got three seven footers and i'm like i don't even know if there's three seven footers in the whole state of ohio like he's the only one that comes to my mind we're not we're not out here growing seven footers we're out here growing these six five six six three hundred pound offensive linemen that's what ohio is growing we're not growing the seven footers (laughs) <laughs> apparently. Um, Michael, I appreciate it. Any, any final thoughts from you on, on Sage Tolentino uh, that you think I missed or questions I didn't ask that you think we should definitely touch on? Um, I think that it's encouraging for Cincinnati fans to get a local, even though from Hawaii to get a local product um, in the program. Um, I think recruiting in-state is very important. Um, and there are uh, a fair amount of kids that are the level of Cincinnati basketball around the area. Um, so I, I would, if I'm a Cincinnati fan, I'm very encouraged by this because it's showing that the new staff um, is ready to recruit their area. Um, I know Xavier, it's been a little while since they've had a kid from the Cincinnati area. I, I don't even know if they have a single Ohio kid on their roster right now. Um, I know they had Jason Carter last year, but that was a transfer um, and he transferred back to OU. Um, so I, I do think it's good that, and, and Xavier is in, involved with a couple Ohio kids this year. We'll see if they, uh, they sign one of those. Um, but I think recruiting, I think recruiting in area is very important um, for programs and uh, I think you're going to see Wes Miller make um, maybe some runs at some 2023 kids um, from the state of Ohio. Uh, there are a couple players that I think Bearcat fans are are going to be intrigued by. And it it's encouraging that because if you never sign a kid from Cincinnati, the next stud from Cincinnati probably won't go there. Um like right now, that's probably like Rayvon Griffith. The last one was probably Logan Duncan. Um, but but if you start getting Cincinnati kids, then maybe that next kid who's maybe uh, top 25, top 50 kid, maybe he more strongly considers Cincinnati 
because there's been that sort of local culture built and you can't really understate how important that is because um, like recruiting at the high school level about relationships and it's about like what these kids see, what's promoted around the city, who who do their AAU coaches talk with, who do their high school coaches talk with. Um, And and I think if you just kind of ignore your area, then when you see a kid that you really like from your area, it might come back to bite you. Um, So it's good that Wes Miller is, because obviously not from Ohio, coming from UNC Wilmington, is already grabbing a local product within what has it even been two months since he got the job? Yeah, I think we just crossed the 90 day threshold. So it's been about three plus months now with the university of Cincinnati. I, I love it too. You know, we, we saw Jeremiah Davenport go from prep school to Cincinnati under John Brannon. He was someone who attended Moeller and it's been, it's been a huge success story to have Jeremiah here his personality, his charisma, his energy, but then also his basketball skill set. You know, being someone who's six seven, can spread the floor from three, really knock down shots, and and projects out as someone who could eventually maybe be a plus defender as well. Um, people, the city loves him, right? Especially now that he rallied around the program, just declared that he was going to be staying here no matter what happened with the coaching search. I just think uh, you can't go wrong in, in recruiting the best talent locally, be it in Cincinnati or the surrounding region. Um, you love to see it. So I, I really hope that can continue as well. Yeah. And I, I hope you see uh, basketball fans get out to a couple Taft games this year. Um, Cause they, they are going to be loaded um, headlined by Rayvon Griffith, but they've got um, Makai Elmore at point guard. They got Ian Elmer, a transfer from uh, Covington Holmes. Uh, they got some other athletes. They have a six foot eight uh, freshman big guy. Who's got a lot of potential. Um, I, I think that, uh, the city league is going to be um, Taft is going to put on a show for the city. And I hope that um, Cincinnati, not only Cincinnati Bearcat fans, but just Cincinnati area basketball fans um, show them some love this year. I love it. That's a great recommendation for the folks in the Cincinnati area. Hey, Michael, we really appreciate you joining the podcast today. It's been great to kind of hear your breakdown of, of Sage Tolentino's game, but also kind of just the, you have a really good, feel and knowledge of the Ohio area. So I really appreciate your, your insights today. You can find Michael's work at prep hoops, Ohio. Uh, I found you on Twitter at Mike Roth. OU. So are you still at OU? Yeah, I'll be a senior this year. Okay. You can tell you're putting the work in, um, again, we appreciate you jumping on this podcast so quickly with us and, and sharing some thoughts on Sage. And I hope we're checking. Look, if we get another couple Ohio recruits coming in here, be it in 2022, 2023, I hope you're okay with us reaching out to you and getting you back on here. Yeah, no doubt. I will uh, have definitely have seen him. All right. Well, we appreciate it, Michael. Um, again, thanks again. And uh, we'll keep an eye on Sage together here going forward in the, in the next couple of years. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Michael. Thank you.